All right, let's do this. Let's jump in. We are in this series called Different, and uh, we, we get this idea from uh, this reminder in Scripture that says, we got to remember, you're in this world, but you're not of it. It doesn't make us better than other people. It just means that we're called to walk differently. So there's some ways that we've been created and, and postured in culture uh, that not only are we different, but we're called to make a difference. So we got to look at what the Scripture says. How do we do that? How do we walk differently? What does it mean for us to be um, in this world, but not of it. And so today I want to bring a sermon that if you've been around church any amount of your life, you, uh, you've probably heard a sermon like this. I know I've preached sermons like this before, and uh, I don't want you to tune it out. I don't want you to go like, oh, I've heard one of these before. I already know this. It actually ties a little bit into last week's sermon where we talked about dishonor and the negativity that we let into our lives. Well, I think that negativity, as Facebook says, Americans are some of the most negative people in the world, um, negative speaking. Uh, one of the ways that that negativity really hinders and harms our life is that negativity gets in, like we talked about last week, gets in our heart and it becomes our words. We start to speak it. Well, the great danger in that is the scripture says, we'll talk about it today, what we say we have. So when we start speaking all this negativity and this death over our life and we make these false confessions that don't line up with the word of God for our life, we then harvest that. We receive that. And I know you've heard a sermon like this before that says, be careful about the words that you say. But God has really been pressing this on me about the declarations we make over our life because they're so powerful right now. And so don't tune out. Don't say, oh, I've heard a sermon like this before. Listen, I've preached sermons like this before, but the stuff that God revealed to me is new and fresh and it's Rama, And so I want us to hear it this week. So don't tune it out. I've entitled it um, like this. Stop saying what you see. Stop saying what you see. <laughs> and so stop saying what you see and start saying what you see. <laughs> Hey, wait a minute, Pastor Josh, that doesn't make any sense. Stop saying what you see and start saying what you see. Exactly. That's exactly my point. We have to stop speaking and saying and claiming all of the things that we see in the world that are that are of the world and that are negative and that are and we need to start saying all the things that we see in scripture and what God is saying and what God is speaking. So one more time through, stop saying what you see and start saying what you see, what God is saying, what God is speaking, what the prophetic promises are over your life. We have to start speaking those things. And I know you've heard a sermon before about be careful about the words that you speak. But just like Paul said, look, hey, I know you've heard this before, but it's good that I remind you. It's good that I remind myself. We can't run around, just start saying what we see. We have got to start speaking what we see and see in scripture and see from heaven. God, give us the eyes to see. That way we can start speaking those things. Can I get an amen today? Chuck Pierce is a prophet. Very, very incredible, just pure and sound man of God. And he put this out this week. He said this, we are a prophetic people. Prophetic, not pathetic. Sometimes some of us pathetic. My hand raised. We are a prophetic, prophetic people. It says this, we must speak it before we see it. We must say it before we see it. That is our mandate. It is our responsibility as believers. If we want to see change, if we want to see God move, if we want to see revival and healing and restoration, we have got to be a people who start speaking it and declaring it before we ever see it come to pass. 
That's the order of how God does it. And we're going to go through scripture and we're going to look at all the ways that God says, you got to say it and speak it and declare it before you'll ever see it. We're a prophetic people. We're different because God created us as people who have the ability to use our words to bring about change and, and different in our world. Uh, you could say it like this. Declarations come before deliverance. You want to see God move. You want to see God deliver. You want to see God heal. You want to see God do all of these things in our nation, our country, our people, our homes, your finances. What are you declaring? What are you speaking over all those things? And way too often, we just let things spill out of our mouth over, well, we're always broke. And you know me, I always mess it up. And you know my husband, he's never going to get it right. He's never going to meet my need. He's never going to. And we just let all this stuff spill out of us. But scripture, no, no, no. We have to speak God's declarations and speak his word over things before we can see any kind of deliverance. And so, again, we have to stop saying what we see and start saying what we see. And it's important for us. Again, the, the scripture that we get it from, and, and many of you have heard it before, but stick with me, stay engaged. We're all going to learn something new today. Proverbs 18, verse 20 in the NIV says this, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. Scripture is not talking about food here, physical food. The scripture is talking about the words that you speak. We'll, we'll take a look at the next verse in a minute. The words that you speak bring about the quality of your life. You could say it like this. The quality of your life is dependent upon the words that you speak. Now, some of you are getting a little like nervous already saying like, oh, this is going to be a name it, claim it sermon. It is not. And we'll get to that in a minute. We'll tear all that apart in a minute. But but so don't 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 pass this by thinking that's where I'm going. I want you to hear this. The scripture is saying that with harvest of your lips, you'll be satisfied. There is this fulfillment that comes when we have the right thing in our in on our lips and in our mouth and what we speak when you're when you're the right way about it. There's fulfillment that comes and it goes on to say this in verse 21. It says the tongue. We all know this part of it. It says the tongue has the power of life and death. Your words have the power of life and death. Your words over your life. This scripture is true that the words that you speak, they're either giving life or they're speaking death over your life. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, if this wasn't in scripture, I wouldn't believe this principle. If you were to ask me, you know, like, how are Christians victorious? How do you walk in the things that God has destined you for and has planned for you? How are you ever going to see those fulfilled? I wouldn't say if it wasn't in the Bible, I wouldn't say, I'll bet it really comes down to the way that we just talk because talking is pretty easy. You know, we, we some of us, it comes real natural. My hand raised. But talking, you're like, oh, talking. I don't, you know, the words that we speak, I, don't, I would have guessed it would come by way of wisdom. Oh, you, you'll live, the, the quality of life is determined by the amount of wisdom that you have. And of course, there's truth to that. But I'm just saying the most wise would be the most successful. Or those with the best relationships will be the most successful. Or, or certainly the strongest, those who can win by force. Those are going to be the ones who are able to create and bring about the best kind of world and life. But now the scripture is saying life and death, your ability to create and have what God wants you to have comes by our way of, of carefully using our words and speaking life. 
I thought about like this. We know this. Everything God created, he created by way of speaking. He used his voice. He used his word. He said it over something. Never ever did you see in scripture where God waved a wand, right? He got out the scepter and he did it. No, he spoke. He spoke. He used his word. We see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, it says, by faith, we understand that the worlds, everything we see were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which were visible. Our world, our being came into existence by the way of God speaking, using his words to give life and not death. He spoke life by using his words. We're called to do the same thing. Our world comes from God's voice being activated. I can tell you the same thing today. The prophetic promises of your life, the the things that God has destined for your life, they become activated when we speak God's word over our life and over our situations. That's how the word in in the world of God, what he has for us, that's how it comes into existence is the same way that he showed us in Genesis is when we speak and declare his word over our life. The Bible says takes it one step further that we're called to be imitators of God. I know many of you know this, but we're called to be imitators of God. We're called to be uh, following in the ways and the examples and the patterns of God. And, and of course, Jesus came to show us how to live. And so we're, we're imitators of this. And so when God said, and there was, that means for us, we speak the word and there will be in our lives. So that doesn't mean we run around and speak what we see in the the earth and in the world and all the negativity. And we keep saying that and saying that, and this is going to happen. No, what we need to speak is what God says, because when we say it, it comes to pass. And can I get an amen today? We could say it like this. You've heard me say this before. You frame your future by the words that you speak. When we take the word of God and we begin to put those things out into the atmosphere, you begin to frame up the world just like God did. It says that the things that were not visible, God put into existence by way of what? Speaking life. The truth is you are what you speak. Your life is a result of the things that you've declared and believe and spoke out of the abundance of your heart. And so the truth is we are what we speak. What's on your tongue is in your future. So how negative are you about your bank account and your um, life uh, situation and your work situation and your kid's situation and your spouse's situation, your church's situation? What are the words that you're speaking? Because you will have a result of what you speak. Verse 26 is where we get this idea in Genesis. It says, God made man in his likeness in image. So God created the earth and then he makes us in his likeness, in his image, meaning we are a people who bring things to existence by the words that we speak. You know, God made us different. We're in this series called different. God made us different from the animals and other creation. Why? Because we have the ability to speak words. We're self-determinant beings. We have the ability to say things and they'll be. God said you have life and death in the power of your words. You're different. You have an advantage in your life that you're able to speak God's promises and his prophetic declarations over your life and see them come to be. Adam walked this out right away. What does the scripture say he does in Genesis? He goes around and he starts what? Using his words to name the animals. And then they were. 
So he's naming the animals, and then they are, and he's naming, he's naming, he's giving names to all these things. Why? Because God said, hey, be an imitator, like be an imitator of me, and therefore go out and name and use your words and what you say will be. What's so interesting is when the enemy came into the garden, when the serpent came, when the devil came and had his conversation with, with Eve, <clears throat> he says this. He doesn't challenge the power of God. He doesn't even challenge the existence of God. What does he come and do? He comes and challenges the voice of God. He says, has God really said? Has God really said, I'm here to challenge the, the words or the absolute truth of God? Don't we see that in culture right now? The enemy's coming in and saying, there's no absolute truth. There is no said by a God. And everybody's just believing whatever they want. There's no power in absolute truth anymore. Can I get an amen today? And so Satan comes in and says, has God really said he's challenging what the voice, the words, the power of the life and death that was spoken? You could say it like this to take out the human race. The enemy knew that he had to discredit the power of God's word. Can I tell you today, how much do we see the enemy is still trying to come in and discredit the power of God's word, the power of God's truth, wanting us to talk about negativity and all these other things we say. We're reading all these self-help books and we got all these other authors that sprinkle a little bit of Christianity on things, but really it's their own self-help. He's trying to discredit the power of God's word. We can't allow it. We got to start speaking what we see and proclaiming those things. And now listen, I know it's been abused. This name it, claim it. It's like, oh, God has given you power to be able to name things and claim them. And so we start saying houses and cars and, and that's abuse of scripture. And that is not at all what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about is this right here. You could say it like this. If we understand that the quality of your life is connected to the words that you speak, then here's what's important. Then what we need to be is we are trying, we are not trying to get God in agreement with our words. The idea is that we're not trying to get God in agreement with the words we speak. What we're doing is we're getting our words in agreement with what God is speaking and what God has spoke to us in scripture. It's not about us saying and naming and claiming and saying all the right things so God can do what we want him to do. No, we're getting our words and our life and our vocabulary to line up with what God is saying. And that's why the scripture says, hey, his word, you need to meditate it uh, day and night. You, you just continue to rehearse it and go over it. Why? Because when we're speaking his things, we can have what the scripture says we can have. We have to speak those things. So my question is, are you agreeing with life or death in your life? The words that you're speaking, the scripture says your words, they're either life or death. What are you coming into agreement with? Are you coming into agreement with the destruction of the world and in your, in your marriage and all these kind of, or are you agreeing with the life giving words that God is speaking over your life? It matters. I could say it to you like this, by the words you release, you are making an agreement. Every time we release a word, every time we release something, we say you're then making an agreement with either life or death. Because God says what you speak is building something. It's a so I'm telling you today, what you speak, what you say, what you let out of the abundance of your heart, whatever you let out is making an agreement with something. We have to be so careful with what we're saying and what we're speaking. That's why the scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, literally, when we talk about salvation, 
we see that it is a words. We, it's, it's a heart thing, of course. Don't, don't get me wrong. But God is saying we have got to use the power of your spoken word, of course, attached to surrender and, and, and a crucifying of ourselves, our flesh. But we, he's saying we've got to use our words. We'll see it here. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And then it says this, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You need a heart change. You need to, you need to completely surrender everything on the inside of you. You need a heart change. But then on top of that, you have to say with your words, this transformation. Verse 13 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Calls on the name of the Lord, speaks out, uses our words for the name of the Lord. Salvation is connected to the way that we confess what's happening in our heart. I'll say it to you like this. If you believe in your heart, it causes you to say with your mouth. The scripture is teaching us, if you believe it in your heart, the result of that is it causes you to speak with your words. I'll say it to you this way. What you believe in your heart determines what you speak. So the question becomes, what are you allowing? What's in your heart? Because what's in your heart speaks. We'll get to it a little bit here in a minute. So if negativity and doubt and fear and frustration and anxiety continue to tumble out of your mouth, can I tell you something? It's living in your heart. And we've got to replace it with the word of God, the promises of God. Again, we're a prophetic people that we have to speak it before we see it. We, that means we've got to get it where? On the inside. We've got to get it into our hearts so that it comes out of our mouth. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 in the New King James Version. Uh, it says this, a very, very just powerful statement. It says this in verse 34, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Like, how do you think in your heart, if you're evil, you're going to be able to speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, as I just alluded to, whatever you've let in is what comes out and whatever comes out, you've made an agreement with be careful. And so it says this, it says a good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Whoa. Like the scripture is basically saying this, God is recording all of our words that we've released from our heart. And there is going to come a day where we face a judgment for those. How can God be so serious about something that's so simple, spilling words out of our mouth? We all just keep talking. How can God be so serious? Here's why he's so serious about this, because he understands the power of every word that goes out has life or death. You make an agreement with your words. So he's saying, be careful about this. It's a serious, serious thing. We've got to watch the way and the things that we're agreeing, agreeing with anxiety, anger, all of these things that we let our words attach to be careful 
because there comes a day where we have to give an account for these words that we're speaking. Why? Because God knows there's life and death in the power of the words that we speak. Why? Because God created you a person who can declare and speak life. So it's not this, watch your words, I want to get you. No, it's, hey, be careful with your words because I want to be able to bless them and encourage them and advance them and build. Are you with me today? Don't let God be angry, God, from the scripture. Let God be loving God who's like, hey, watch those words because I want them to turn out positive in your life and build something up and advance my kingdom. Are you with me today? Can I get an amen? Think about this, the unpardonable sin, the unpardonable sin in scripture. Think about this. The sin that God says is not forgivable. Think about this. The unforgivable, the, the unpardonable sin in Scripture is committed by using your words. It's not, oh, you become an alcoholic, a drug user, a murderer, all these kind of things. Hey, the one thing that God says I can't is when somebody uses their words against the Holy Spirit, against the Spirit. When somebody, can you believe that? It's, it's amazing to me the power of our words and how God gives us this ability to walk in life and death with the way that we speak. We have got to get it right in this time of, of darkness and turmoil and all the pressure and all of the agendas and schemes and the enemy coming in and questioning, has this really said? Is this really that? Is this really that? We have got to get the power of our words right, declaring what God says. Can I get an amen today? That's why Jeremiah chapter one says God watches over his word to perform it, meaning God is in heaven saying, will you please come into an agreement with my word so that I can perform it? I'm watching over this so that when you release your words of my words, I can then move on your behalf. God's right there saying, use those words. I'm watching over my words. You speak those words because when we use our words in the way that God has called us to not name it, claim it, but when we believe and we declare and we decree, God can move on our behalf. That's why the scripture says in Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let us say so. We've got to speak it. Let the redeemed of the Lord speak out the way that we've been saved and set free and changed. Are you with me today? Why? Because the world needs to see the light. It needs to see the change. Can I get an amen today? We overcome, the scripture says in Revelation chapter 12, we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the beautiful, amazing, incredible work of the cross, but also by the word of our testimony, the way that we say it, the way that we speak it, the way that we declare that God is good. I thought about it like this, the scripture, all throughout scripture, we see uh, the, the men and women of God using their words to bring about change. Uh, we saw Elijah. Uh, he said, it shall not rain. You guys remember the story. It shall not rain according to my word for three and a half years. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. He said, according to my word, he spoke it. But then he also said when it was time for it to rain, he spoke then again for it to rain and it rained. Scripture says about Samuel, not one of his words fell to the ground. Why would the scripture point out about this man that, that not one of his words fell to the ground? Maybe because he had such an understanding of the power of every word spoken that they were able to say, look at the way that he guards his words and he's careful with his lips. Why? Because you're making an agreement with the words that you speak. There's life and death. And so they point out about Samuel, not one of his words fell to the ground. We saw after 400 years of God's silence, the scripture says that there was a voice of one crying in the wilderness, repent. 
So we see John is, is John the Baptist. We see he's speaking. He's declaring. He's with his voice saying, repent. Right. And so the scripture is giving a, 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 a acknowledgement to a voice. There was a voice. There was a spoken declaration that brought about change. We have a voice. We have the voice of God because we have scripture and because I believe God still speaks to his people. And so we have got to start declaring with our voice what God is saying. When these problems hit your life and frustrations hit you, you don't call somebody on the phone and just have a little negative session to feel better about yourself. Call up somebody who's going to agree with you. No, you start declaring what the word says. You start reaching out to other people who are going to speak what is true. Why? Because what you say, you become in an agreement with. Can I get an amen today? And so we have got to declare what God is saying. Jesus gives this awesome picture. And I think there's a lot more going on in the story that I'm just going to give my opinion on. I I can't prove it, but I just want to kind of say it. Uh, But there's this picture that we see uh, with Jesus in Mark chapter 11 and, uh, and well, actually let me, let me say a couple more things before we read that. And so I'll, I'm jumping ahead cause I'm excited for the story. But so Jesus gives this picture of, of the power of, of using your voice. Even Jesus scripture says they're on a boat. So they're on this boat and you guys know the wind, the waves, the storms, all this stuff happening. They, they go and they wake up Jesus. And the scripture says that Jesus stands up and he says, peace, be still uses his words. Again, he didn't go, where's that wand that God gave me? Like, Hey, what's that hand signal that we do when we know he's, he uses his words. He uses his word. He says, and then what, do, what do they say? Uh, the disciples who are with him, they say, what manner of a man is this that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? didn't say his leadership. It didn't say his brand. It didn't say his 10 step strategy. It said it obeys his voice. Why? Because he's speaking. Scripture says he is the word. Okay. Jesus is the word. The word was with God. He's speaking again, a declaration of God's desire for the situation. Check it out. There's power in this guy's voice. What manner of a man has this power with his voice? What did Jesus do when he walks up to Lazarus? He walks up to the tomb and the scripture says with a loud voice. Again, he didn't look for the wand. He didn't get out like the playbook of like the leadership strategy. No, with his voice, he says to the dead thing, come forth. Jesus, because he understands what you speak, you make an agreement with, and there's life and death in our words. He uses his voice to speak it. We've got to stop murmuring and worrying and doubting and and dragging our feet about stuff. When God is saying, if it's you'll just move about your life, declaring what I'm saying, you'll come into agreement with the life that God has for you. Can I get an amen today? And so he gives us this incredible example. Now, here's the story I wanted to get to. Mark chapter 11, verse 20 story. uh, Let me read it to you. And then I'll give you kind of my opinion of it. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. This is the NIV. It says in the morning, as they went along, they saw a fig tree withered from its roots. Verse 21, Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. (laughs) It's just my opinion. I can't prove it. But you got to remember Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves with fig leaves, right? Just makes me wonder if the night before Jesus is kind of walking around and he sees this fig tree who's not producing fruit and he just is like, curse you, right? I'm just still annoyed with the way that you did the thing with my boy and my girl, Adam and Eve. And so Peter, the next day, they're looking at it like, look at that, look at that tree that you cursed. And so Peter remembered and said, Jesus, 
Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Verse 22, Jesus says, have faith in God. Jesus answered, have faith in God. Again, that's, an, that's a heart thing. So be able to say it right. You got to have faith. That's, a, that's an internal thing. You have faith in God, Jesus answered. Very truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, we all know the scripture. If you say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and do not doubt it in your heart. Got to have it in your heart before you can say it. Uh, but believe what you say will happen. It will be done for you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it's yours. Jesus is saying, like, basically, you got to have faith. You got to understand if you have the faith, if it's in your heart and you speak it, it's going to be it lines up with what God is doing. It will be. And so for him to curse that tree and then the next day it be he's going like, look, here's the deal. If you speak it and it lines up with the word of God and it's in your heart, believe it. You can move mountains when those things come together. The problem is all we do is talk about our mountains. You've heard this before. Uh, many people have you know, kind of said this. Listen, it's, it's not about how much we talk about our mountains. We need to start talking to our mountains. We need to start declaring again the, the, the declarations of the word of God, the prophetic promises. We need to start saying to the situations that you're seeing. Yes, this is corrupt. Yes, this is out of order. Yes, this is injustice. Yes, this isn't fair in my life. Yes, this isn't what God said it would be. Uh, and it hasn't come to pass yet, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to hold on and I'm going to continue to speak to my mountain. Can I get an amen today? Why? Because God says you just speak not about the mountain. You don't call up somebody and say, rah, 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 rah. no, you start speaking and declaring over the mountain. Can I get an amen today? Jesus said on the cross, I'm almost done. Jesus said on the cross, what did he say? The scripture said, he said with a loud voice, it is finished. And it was finished. Why? Because there's life and death in the power of your tongue. And Jesus knew that he had to use his word to call about God's prophetic promises and God's plan. There is power in our words. And I'm not talking about you know, go, go out there and get you know, all disillusioned and put your head in the sand and just start saying all positive things. Look, there's real things we got to walk to, real conversations we have to have. And there's a lot of learning and things that we have to do. But at the same time, in those same processes, we have got to guard what we come in agreement with. And we come in agreement things with the words that we speak and declare over our lives. Uh, Winston Churchill the British prime minister who is known for leading just uh, these, in, these incredibly successful um, troops and being able to motivate people. They once asked him about his speeches. He's known for his great speeches. Uh, they said, you know, how is it that you're able to motivate these men these way and cause them to, to battle the way that they do? And he said this, I learned how to organize the English language and send it into battle. One of the things that he did as a, as a, as a leader, uh, as somebody who commanded um, advance in war, he said this, one of our weapons that we have working for us is our language, our ability to be able to speak and decree and motivate one another and encourage one another and speak over one another. How much more so as Christians should we understand that one of the weapons that we have is our worship and it's our prayer. Can I get an amen? It's, it's going to the scripture and reading these words out loud and what using these words to send them into battle on our behalf. 
But again, instead, we turn to the worries of the world and the negativity. Hey, how's it going? Well, you know, da, 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 da. and we start talking about all the things of the, of the earth, all the things that the scripture says are going to pass away anyway. Can we please just declare what God is saying and speaking over our lives and our world and our churches and our people and our families? Amen. Why? Because there's power in using our words. That's why the scripture says, it's my last thought. That's why the scripture says this in Romans chapter four, verse 17. It says, God who gives life to the dead things. And here it is calls those things which do not exist as though they were. He uses and he shows us that we're called to use our words, even when it doesn't look like it. We use our words to say it may look dead. It may look like it has fallen apart. It may look like nothing's coming together. The bottom has fallen out. Uh, shout out to Lauren. Uh, bottom has fallen out. I learned uh, Southern South Carolina. I'll just give you guys a lesson quick. Lauren is from South Carolina. And right before there's a great rain, it means the bottom's about to fall out of a cloud. So I said it like I just preached it. The bottom's about to fall out on our life, but that actually means a storm's coming. So you learned so much today. Thank you, Lauren. Shout out, everybody. Give her some love. But we go, oh, all this is happening. All that looks dead. That all these things are happening, all this stuff. And the scripture says, start calling it not as though you see it. That's what I started the sermon with. That's what I started the sermon with. Stop, stop speaking the way you see it and start speaking the way you see it. Call things not as though they are. Can I get an amen today? Because God is moving and we come in agreement with what he's saying and it brings life. Can I get an amen today? The translation here for, for uh, the translated word for calls. So calls things not as though they were literally means to shout out loud or boldly. So we call things, we shout out loud or boldly declare things, not as though they are, but as God is going to do them and, and move in them. And so we shout them out. I'll say it to you like this in my closing. Our words either agree. This is how intense I'll say this to you. Our words either agree with Satan's plan for your life or they agree with God's plan for your life. They're either lining up with the ways of the world in your life or they're lining up with what heaven has for your life. And that's why we got to be in the word and know the word. That's why we got to worship and declare. That's why we got to pray the price that we talk about all the time. Why? Because we have got to line up with God's plans instead of the enemy's plans in our life. And one of the ways, not the only way, one of the ways we do that is the words that we speak, the, 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 the promises we declare over our family matter in the way that we line it up. And so my encouragement is start speaking, not what you see and start speaking what you see, because God wants to move. And one of the ways we do it is he's up in heaven watching over his word to perform it. We have got to start speaking it properly again over our nation, over our families, over our finances, because God wants to move. Can I get an amen today? So thank you for hanging out and helping me preach the sermon. Uh, if you liked this, if you feel like it helped you at all, click share, get it out to somebody who may need to hear it. We would love to uh, just minister any way that we can. And so I encourage you, we're praying for you and uh, excited that you're, you're participating with us. And so let me pray for you. And then a couple more great announcements for you to take off. God, we love you so much. Lord, we repent for the ways that we've negatively used our words, Lord, where we have maybe come into agreement with, with things that are destructive and, and not of your kingdom. And so Lord, we ask 
ask that you, you guard our hearts and minds, Lord. Help us to hide your word in our heart so we can speak what you would have us say that, that brings about your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, a couple things before you take off. I want to let you know about if you haven't downloaded the church app, we encourage you to jump on your uh, devices and download the Church Center app. You can get that in the App Store and the Google uh, Store. Go on there, get the Church Center app, use your Planning Center login because there are events happening. Our regathering groups are happening all over the community and they're for all ages. We got students, we got all ages happening. And so I encourage you to go on there. If you just look at the regathering groups, you'll be able to see all the ways that you can connect. And I know so many of you are excited to gather as we announce that's happening July 5th. We'll be back at it. Um, but in the meantime, with only two weeks before that, two Sundays before that, you can still get in a group and connect and do life. And, and um, there's all different kinds of them. So I encourage you to jump on there and be a part of that. And then also want to let you know, uh, with Hand to Hand, we are continuing to minister. It's typically a, a school program, but uh, this is, I believe, our, our third year where we've continued this through the summer. And so we're going to keep ministering to families all throughout the summer. So you you can keep those donations going and helping us feed families. Thank you so much for your generosity in that way. One of the ways that you can give um, to Hand to Hand is just right through the website or the app. Uh, you can also give right to the church. And so if you want to send a donation, uh, you can do it that way. You can also, of course, give your tithe or an offering either to the church or on the app or right off the website. But thank you so much for your faithfulness and generosity that way as we're uh, opening the doors back up and getting ready to put all the safety measures back in place. Again, you're generosity has helped us be able to get prepared and take all the necessary steps to be able to worship, but then also be safe and make sure everyone is, is um, feeling secure and confident in their atmosphere. And so thank you for your generosity that way. And don't forget, we're still praying every Monday through Friday, really powerful time. Radiant Church is leading us in worship on Facebook and they're praying and we join with that at 8 a.m. So we'd love to have you be a part of that as well. So great things coming. Uh, again, mark your calendar. I know it's July 4th weekend, but we can't wait to party in the parking lot with you and your family. So mark that down for the 5th. We'd love to have you there. And then back on the 12th with a bunch of great stuff and details to come. So keep up on your emails and things like that. We, we'll get you all the good stuff. But much love. Hope you have a great day. See you soon.